Coming to you live from the capital city of the great state of Texas, overlooking beautiful downtown Austin and the University of Texas on a blazing hot June day. Welcome to the show slash multicast that knows the pride and tradition of Texas football and the Texas football program and athletic department will never be entrusted to the timid or the weak. We are the product of the Republic of Football on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. We're powered by Grande Equipment. It is the Eyes on Texas multicast. Also, thank you to our other uh, great founding partners. We'll tell you about them coming up. I'm Aaron Hogan, morning show host on The Horn, Longhorn flagship station here in Austin and throughout uh, Texas. Uh, he is back uh, for after his trip to the Smoky Mountains, but mm-hmm. also a trip to Houston this week, which we'll talk about. He is the senior writer at Dave Canyon's, Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, our man, Mike Craven. How are you, my friend? Doing pretty good. Just got out of the doctor's office, had some electrodes ran through my, through my knee, a little EEG action. Uh, so my leg's still shaking over here. It's kind of got a little phantom, uh, electricity going through it, but I'm hanging in there. I'm playing hurt. Uh, (laughs) just like Charlie Craven would, would want me to do. Your, your, your grandfather, the good doctor. Uh, so you're dealing with a little nerve damage in that that left leg. So you're got some with... drop foot, like Blaine Irby back in the day. Ooh. Got a little bit of drop foot. What my left my left foot doesn't come up all the way. Trip a few times, so it's uh, it's an ongoing issue. Such a good player, and then uh, you know that horrible knee injury. What, was that against Cal? I'm trying to think of that. Was... It was early in the year, out of conference. I can't remember exactly who it was. I remember being there though, and then you know Charlie was still working there. So like we were, the, you know, they had to go straight to the Your hospital. Grandpa. Like it was a whole, it was a whole deal. Like that, he almost lost his leg. Like that was one of the more serious injuries that I can remember as a kid, kind of being around the kind office. Of blood, fo- blood flow. Yeah, because you because you worry about amputation at that point, right? Like if your blood circulation isn't going, you get blood clots and things of that nature. Like you could lose your foot, you could lose your leg. So it was a scary time. Teddy Bridgewater had that with mm-hmm. the Minnesota Vikings at one point with a serious training camp knee injury. Well, glad you're uh, playing hurt. We're glad you're here. We are a product of uh, Grande Equipment and the Republic of Football and Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, the multicast that keeps you on top of all things Texas football, even in the heat of the summer. Um, want to remind you we're available to be watched uh, on the Dave Campbell's and the Horn YouTube pages, uh, the Horn and Austin YouTube pages, also available for download through iTunes and Spotify. We record on a Monday night. That'll drop by Tuesday. Uh, so be looking for that. And listen to all our content and all our conversations. When we get to the football season, it'll be a bi-weekly multicast. We'll be on and record Monday and then on Thursday ahead of each game for the Longhorns this season. We appreciate our founding partners for making that happen. Uh, and as you know, if you've watched the first 10 episodes, we're on episode 11 now, which is, uh, you know, we're going to get into the number 11 coming up in our halftime segment. Uh, but when we do, you should know that uh, we break it into four quarters, just like a football game. In quarter two, we're going to dive into this year's edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, which I've been combing through. It's out now. I have my, my man Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns, gave me my own copy. I've been sifting through it and pouring through it. And uh, we'll get into their thoughts on the best teams, best players in the Big 12, the state of Texas, the Longhorns, of course. In our third quarter, it's time for our college football spicy takes presented by On Point Spice Company. Uh, we will have some spicy conversations this week for sure. And in our fourth quarter, we'll wrap it up as usual with our, our final four big conversations surrounding the college football world, including, speaking of uh, foot injuries, Deion Sanders. The latest after his foot operation. Uh, also, is there someone really debated, debating that Les Miles is a Hall of Fame football coach in college football? Really? And then current LSU coach Brian Kelly says college football and athletics is at a crossroads and needs federal intervention from the NIL situation. We're going to have to dive into all that coming up. So we got a ton to do. But quarter one, let's focus on a bear, uh, big recruiting weekends for Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. Before you were the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Mike, you were uh, locked in 
at the Austin American Statesman, did the Fab 55, traveled miles upon miles all over the state of Texas following the best high school recruits in the country, in the state, and most of them in the country. And uh, so you know how big these recruiting weekends are. Before we start that, let's uh, thank our friends at Grande Equipment, our founding partners, great friends there. Uh, we'll tell you about them coming up. But uh, recruiting is the lifeblood of any program, right? Talk about blood to your foot, blood to your legs. If you're not bringing in talent and acquiring talent, you're not going to win. And Steve Sarkeesian and this staff, despite a 5-7 and seven first year, an 8-5 and five second year, which is not up to par, it does feel like the blood flow is really good. The pipeline is outstanding on the recruiting front. What are you seeing, before we dive in specifically to these two recruiting weekends, what are you seeing as far as the, the MO, um, how, how Sark and this staff go about recruiting? I think they're starting to, you know, one, there was always going to be an SEC bump, right? Like moving into the SEC, we know where these recruits go. I did a piece today on, on the state of Texas, and there's a hundred, you know, top 100 list at Dave Campbell's Texas football. 54 of those players are already committed, 33 out of state. And if we look at those 33 out of state, uh, most of them to the SEC and to the Big Ten. And so, you know, Texas was always going to improve in that way. But I think what they're benefiting from right now is staff continuity. You know, Tashar Choice, everybody on the defensive staff has been there for three years now. Uh, offensive line coach, obviously, been there the whole time, right? And so wide receivers kind of been a, a revolving door, but they still seem to be recruiting, recruiting well there. Uh, people trust Sark, especially on the offensive side of the ball, right? I mean, we saw that with Arch Manning. If the Manning family signs off on you to kind of protect the next crown jewel, right, I, I think that means a lot to the other recruits in the nation. Uh, the best guys want to play with the best guys, and once you start building this momentum, it's it's hard to stop. And, you know, I think the only thing left is to go win on the field and solidify it in that way. And and if they don't, that can slide back the other way. I mean, yeah. that's what we talked about 100%. last week uh, for sure, and we will talk about that ongoing. you got to put it on the field and you got to win. Uh, but, man, it was what was one year year ago this past Friday that Arch Manning committed to Texas. And uh, I know in Austin and, and people I circulate with, there was a lot of confidence in Arch Manning, but the national narrative was, come on, it's Texas. He's going to Alabama. He's going to Georgia. This isn't going to happen. Uh, and that was one year ago this past Friday. So, you know, just over 365 days ago. And if you remember, that led to a flurry of commitments the right after it, within the days and then the weeks. And it led to a top three recruiting class. Now, if you fast forward to this past weekend and the weekend before, Horns didn't land the nation's number one quarterback. They have a quarterback in play who's committed a kid named uh, Trey Owens from Cy Fair. I want to get your thoughts on him. He's not, you know, the the highly rated quarterback of Quinn Ewers or or uh, or Arch Manning, uh, but a good player it looks like. But you fast forward to this past weekend, the Longhorns did land another top running back. Uh, maybe the number one or two running back in the nation, uh, according to the services. They've got, you know, running commitments number six and seven so far over the weekend. Nate Kibble, big offensive lineman for Humble Atascacita, 6'3 and 3'15 or 3'10. That Atascacita program has produced some tremendous offensive linemen. Kenyon Green, uh, Sam Cosme went to the University yeah. of Texas. Cam, the du- other? Cam Dewberry. Cam Dewberry, starting start guard at, A&M. at A&M. Yeah, I'm yeah, guard at A&M. So that's a factory for offensive linemen and so the Longhorns land him and I you know I think that's a big one in that you know the the coach there at uh, Tascacita is a, a Cy or an A&M grad mm-hmm. and it was kind of thought that Kibble was going to follow the previous two off to A&M uh, went to an A&M visit 
and then maybe they didn't blow his socks off, and he came here this weekend, committed to Texas almost immediately, and then the big one came down yesterday. Jarek Gibson, or on Saturday, Jarek Gibson, running back, Bradenton, Florida. That's his location of home because he's playing at the IMG Academy. He's from Gainesville, which is the home home of Florida, University of Florida. Uh, 5'11", 207, big-time running back. Uh, he and Christian Clark, who they got a commitment from the previous week from Phoenix, Arizona, what a combo. you got a guy who's probably a little bit bigger, probably played 215, 220, and the kid from Arizona, Jarrett Gibson from uh, Orlando, a little bit more of a, of a you know smaller type back, but really can make the first guy miss. This is where Steve Sarkeesian and you just mentioned it. Tashard Schwartz are going. They're just stacking running backs on top of big humans up front. Yeah, I mean, when you have Bajon Robinson and Rashawn Johnson get drafted in the same draft, you can go to these prospects and be like, look. You know, one of them was a former quarterback, and we turned him in, you know, to a top three, four round uh, draft pick. So, uh, obviously, Tashar Choice is a guy that these big prospects want to play for. He's done it all himself, right? And it's easier to to follow in those footsteps. Um, you know, Sark, I think he gets because he's a former quarterback. We think him as a, a throwing the ball offensive coordinator, and he does. I mean, they throw it all around the lot. He's at a wide receiver win a Heisman. Uh, but as he's mentioned multiple times, he's always had a 1,000-yard running back. Right? He's going to run the football. And in the SEC, you have to be balanced. And defenses, you know, I think a thing we haven't talked about a lot in college football is defenses have gotten smaller over the years to, to counteract the air raid. Remember when Johnny Manziel messed up Alabama and Nick Saban went to the 4-2-5 and everybody got smaller? Well, these things are cyclical, and I think offensive guys are starting to realize we can bully ball these guys, right? Like, they have a big safety playing linebacker. Let's load up in the box and, and go beat them up, and I think you're seeing Texas kind of follow that blueprint of getting physical, getting tough, and trying to be as dual or as you know balanced as possible. Well, absolutely, and, and always a 1,000-yard back, and I do believe Sark – you know, has said this. If we can run the football and we can play bully ball, as you said, against you know the three-three high, three-three-five flyover defense, which is built to stop passing games, with you know three safeties on the field. If we can run the ball against that, we've seen Sark put extra tackles on the field at times, go heavy, uh, but still having Xavier Worthy and a Ad Mitchell out there and Jadavion Sanders to be able to be passing threats. You know, I, I really believe he believes if we can run the football, stay ahead of the chains, and give our quarterback play action, we're, you can't stop us. It's too multidimensional, too many weapons. You know, it, it's simplistic, but it, but it works. I mean, it really does. We saw him with Mac Jones and that Alabama team. Too many weapons. Najee Harris could run the football, the big offensive line, and then the protection that he would get on play action to be able to hit deep shots. I mean, because you can only play with eleven. Like yeah. they, they have that in the rule book, and his his idea is. You're going to have to play eight in the box to stop us against the run. If you play seven in the box, we're going to run you to death. But you can't play eight against the box because we're too fast outside for you to play man-on-man on those guys, right? Like at Alabama, if you covered Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, those guys, they're just flying by you. you got to have safeties back. But if you keep those safeties back, how do you stop the running game that we're putting at you? And so it puts defenses in a bind. You had a guy like JT Sanders who is a complete personnel mismatch and allows you to do both. Uh, no matter who's on the field, it, it's a tough, it's a tough offense to stop. That's why you're starting to see. That's why defensive coordinators are, are so frustrated in modern football, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you do? Uh, it's a numbers game, and that goes back to the. We've talked about the ceiling for this Texas team being quarterback and Quinn Ewers. That kind of thing makes the job easy on the quarterback. I mean, there's just your single coverage on the outside, especially when you can run the football, and uh, that's obviously what they're building. And obviously, they're heading into the Southeastern Conference. I'll also, say this for Sark and this staff in our first quarter. Um, you know, the other commitments we mentioned: Nate Kibble, Jarrett Gibson, Christian Clark from Phoenix, Arizona, Fred Dubose, the kid from uh, Spring Branch down in the 
San Antonio area, mm-hmm. Smithson Valley, Speedster. His best football is probably to come. He's a track and field guy, but got hurt last year as a junior. He'll play his senior year down there at, at Smithson Valley. Six run and 180, but a track guy. I uh, love the Santana Wilson commitment, the uh, son of Adrian Wilson, the NFL safety. Michael Kern is a punter from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And then the quarterback is a kid named Trey Owens. From uh, Houston Cypress Creek, six uh, five two hundred. He's not, you know, he's, he's only a three or four star commitment, but uh, really can spin the football. His his tape is impressive. I mean, there's just a, a, a height to him, and the ball comes out of his hand really easy. Kind of a Mac Jones looking kind of guy that yeah. we saw at Alabama, but I think a little bit stronger arm, plus or more plus arm. Uh, but you know, Sark knows what he's looking for in QBs. You know, he is the next guy in line at the quarterback position behind, you know, Quinn and Malik Murphy, Arch. Uh, then there's the Trey Owens coming in, and they're recruiting for 2025 now. They've already got the kid out of Alabama committed. But So it feels like they're recruiting, the as we talk about the blood flow, the talent pipeline is, is continuing to be very fertile for Texas. Only seven commitments now, but as we saw, maybe the Jarrett Gibson in some services, the number one running back in the nation committing could spark some, you know, Pied Piper-like effect like we saw with Arch Manning last year. You know, I think I've been interested about with the transfer portal is if quarterback recruiting becomes like college basketball where you're trying to mix in the the five-star one-and-dones with the you know three-star, four-star developmental players that will be in your program for three or four years. Trey Owens feels like a guy you recruit because you know one of Arch Manning or Malik Murphy's not going to be here for very long, right? Like eventually well somebody's going to win that job. It's just the nature of a beat, the beast that the loser's going to go be able to play somewhere because they're both really talented. Now Trey Owens comes in there and he's one snap away from being your quarterback. And so uh, you have to sign at least one every single cycle because you're not going to keep all of them on campus anymore. It's well said. I mean, that's just the numbers game uh, and the fact of life in college football right now. Because you're right. I mean, if Quinn Ewers has the year people hope he can have, maybe he goes off to the NFL or he's back, and that's going to create a logjam at the quarterback position. Let's just you know project Quinn Ewers back for a third year. Well, Arch Manning, Malik Murphy, somebody's leaving. And Trey Owens is in the pipeline. I like that a lot. I've watched some of his film from Cy Fair down there. Uh, by the way, when I was in high school at Cypress Creek, they were our big rival. I didn't yeah. like Cy Fair at all. Yeah. Uh, but now a good buddy of mine who played at Cy Creek. Maybe you might remember Shane Rink, who played mm-hmm. at Cypress Creek, or played with with me at Cypress Creek, but also played at Texas. His son is a big defensive tackle recruit at Cy Fair right now. He's a coach on that staff. Shane is. So keep an eye on that name. You know, I went to Hamilton Elementary. Where's that? In in, Cy- in Cypress Fairbanks. Oh, nice. Yeah, in Didn't that area. That. Yeah, in that area. Cy Fair was our rival. We hated them. Jersey Village, Cy Fair. No. Not now there's fans. like 10 high schools in there. They're, they have their own <laughs> yes. district. Yes, I yeah. mean, this was 1990 and 91, 88, 88 to 91. It makes 91. Leander ISD blush. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Growth. And it was, I mean, I graduated with over almost 800 kids, so it was time for some new high schools and uh, just got out. In that, But yeah, Shane Rink, keep, keep an eye on the name Rink. There's a defensive lineman that's coming in that uh, is at Cypher, Trey Owens' teammate that could be one to watch uh, playing down there at Cypher uh, with the quarterback. Uh, one other note to wrap up our first quarter. Some other big names that were here that haven't committed yet, but Colin Simmons, the edge from Duncanville. I mean, I'm reading all through the Dave Matthews, or Dave Matthews, Dave, Dave uh, Campbell's <laughs> Texas Football Magazine, and it's chock full of Colin Simmons' conversation. He's on the super team. He's maybe the best defensive player in the state. He was here. Apparently things went very well. I think, uh, I think Sark and the staff feel like they like these June re- recruiting weekends, yep. where they get, they get a lot of time with the family, where they can really present the entire package of what UT's all about, the academics, the school, uh, obviously the NIL opportunities are here, what's coming. Uh, Colin Simmons is a big one. I mean, this is kind of the arch manning of the defensive side. Yeah, and if you look at Texas's roster as presently constructed, where is the biggest hole? 
Like and, it, oh, pass it's, rush. It's it's edge, yeah. right? And Colin Simmons is a three year and go get paid in the NFL pass rusher. Like go turn on the North Shore Duncanville State Championship game and you find me the best player and it's him. Like and that's that's a that's a game filled with twenty five Division one athletes and he is by far the best player on that football field. He is a very and he's a contagious kid. Right, he's one of those guys that gets other guys to come, and you you need those dudes. There's in every single class, there's two or three guys that are the contagious ones, the ones that kind of Pied Piper lead this thing. He's one of those guys. Kobe Black, another one, a cornerback out of the Waco area, is another one uh, that se- seems to be a Texas lean coming out of the weekend. So it could be a, a really good week, a really good couple weeks here for Texas. Yeah, Colin Simmons would be huge, and Kobe Black, big time player from Waco Connolly. Uh, yeah, I like that contagious word. Or you know, the people want to play with the best. They just do. They, we're going to be good because that guy's coming, and Colin Simmons is just that indeed. And uh, they need pass rush uh, for sure. So uh, Longhorns had a good weekend. You feels like we'll, we'll follow it. Arch Manning one year ago Friday. We'll see if Colin Simmons could be soon because there were a lot of people in the industry wondering if maybe they brought brought him in too early. Uh, you wait. But I think Sark and his staff have decided that we don't like bringing in our biggest recruits on game weeks. There's just too much going on. You want them all there together. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a big part of it, too. You get Colin Simmons, you get Kobe Black, you get some of these IMG guys together, and you start building those bonds with them. They get phone numbers. They start talking to each other. Hey, we got offers from the same schools. What do you think about LSU? What are they telling you at Texas? You figure out who's lying to you because there's a lot of that going on as well. And so uh, I think a big part of it for Texas is definitely getting a bunch of time because during a game week you just you just don't have time to sit there with every single recruit that's there. But the other part is it's not even about Sark and stuff. It's about putting them around those other guys and going, hey, this is, could be your life every day. This could be who you're hanging out with, who you're playing with, and how you go win a national championship. Well, and I will give Sark and his staff this credit. They've done really a really nice job in that South Dallas I-20 corridor since they've been here. And that's as fertile as it gets. I mean, you're talking about South Oak Cliff. You're talking about... You know, Duncanville, you're talking about some of the best talent, not just in Texas, but in the entire country, right in that area. You know that area very well. Uh, Texas, with Tom Herman, wasn't recruiting great in that area. Uh, Now it feels like they're getting a foothold. And so they come on campus and you're hosted by the Anthony Hills and the JT Sanders and the, you know, the guys that are already here from that. I mean, those guys are from Denton, but from the South Dallas area, Malik Muhammad, these guys are already on campus. That makes it an easier transition for those guys too. They and can see themselves being here. The ace in the hole for that, the guy who was leading that charge was Chris Gilbert, the, the former high school relations guy who's now the tight end coach at, at North Texas. He was the head coach at Lancaster for a long time in South Dallas. Now that they have those players on campus, it's up to those players on campus to start recruiting that next group. And yeah. so, uh, with Chris Gilbert gone, it'll be interesting to see how how much that continues. All right, that's our first quarter. Good stuff. Recruiting, it's the lifeblood of your program. We'll certainly keep you posted here on the Eyes on Texas multicast, powered by Grande Equipment. I want to tell you that our first quarter is uh, brought to you by my man Carlos Carrion. He is the Texas Mortgage Guy, online at the thetexasmortgageguy.com. Carlos is our first quarter sponsor because he was our first ever sponsor. He actually reached out to us and said, man, I love what y'all are doing. I'd love to be a part of it. When it's time for your new mortgage or refi, Longhorn fans should just know to be working with a Longhorn fan is going to be a better thing for you. Uh, an expert in the field, but a lifelong Austinite who knows the market like uh, no other. Uh, but you're working with with like-minded people. You can talk to Longhorn football and get this thing done. Longhorn sports, uh, that's what it, what makes it great, and he knows what he's doing. He's a St. Edwards graduate like me, but as I always say, he would have played, gone to UT, but he was a baseball player. Wasn't good enough to play for Coach Garrido. Uh, he's over almost 10 years in the industry. Uh, Carlos and uh, his crew, they don't provide you with just a quote. It's your guide to help solve problems, strategize on one of the most important financial decisions you will make in your life a home or a refi great communicator fast response time just uh, find them and as i say there's a phone number if i can give you but it is the texas mortgage guy.com 
thetexasmortgageguy.com. Don't forget the the, and you're going to find Carlos born and raised in Austin, Texas. He's your go-to for any mortgage or refi. Carlos, carry on with two R's. It is thetexasmortgageguy.com. All right, let's get our second quarter underway. It's presented by Access Discount Healthcare, created by pharmacists uh, to offer you a Netflix-style monthly subscription to help significantly cut your prescription drug costs on an annual and certainly a monthly basis. Uh, They are tremendous. We'll tell you all about it. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's absolutely true. Access Discount Healthcare brings you our second quarter. At the end of the quarter, we'll tell you all about them. But look at this. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, 2023 edition, The Bible. Mm. And I just found out that I have one. And you, the senior writer at Dave Campbell's, Mike, do not have your copy yet. Yep. I moved uh, I moved away from the DFW offices. I guess they lost mine in the mail. I had to email on Friday and be like, hey, I'm starting to see people have these all over the place. Can you at least get me one? So I believe one is in the mail. We, we shall find out. Although I do, I can't say I, I know what's mostly in it. Yeah, you wrote 35,000 words yeah. of this episode. Of this edition. The first 100 pages are basically just me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be easy for you then. And I was particularly interested in uh, several things. We talked about recruiting in our first quarter, and you got your high school f- football super teams, first, second, and third team. You know, a lot of the guys we just talked about, Kobe Black and Colin Simmons, and a lot of the guys that were here recruiting uh, with the Longhorns this week. Uh, but, you know, you also have your Texas statewide power poll. Mm hmm. Which is interesting. That's, uh, you know, they're, you I know get Big 12 schools, A&M, all the schools playing. Let me start with this. When we talk some, some Texas college football, there are 13 teams now playing yes. Division One football with Sam Houston State elevating. I'm going to give you a quiz. What conference are they all in? Where mm-hmm. are they in a conference? Because yeah. I think, you know, I do this every day for four hours on the horn in the morning. I'm confused by who's in what conference. I, I'm pretty sure I know the Big 12, and I know A&M's in the SEC, but where's everybody else? Uh, so the A&M is in the SEC, and the Big 12 this year will be Houston, Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor. Okay. Uh, Conference USA will be Sam Houston moving up, and then UTEP is still there. Uh, Texas State's the only team in the Sun Belt, and then Conference USA has UTSA, North Texas, Rice. Is it fair to say that um, Texas is the favorite in the Big 12 right now? Texas is the favorite. Oh, and then SMU is also in the American. Yep. Uh, But, yeah, Texas is the favorite in the Big 12 with Texas Tech, TCU also kind of being in that that mix. And then I I think the other conference where a team has the best chance to win is the American between SMU and UTSA. One of those teams, along with Tulane, uh, feels like the, the favorite in that conference. Well, in your state of Texas power poll in the preseason written by you. Yeah. You have Texas number one, mm-hmm. and I saw your article this week, uh, kind of pre- previewing the magazine. You did your roster, your ten- most talented rosters in the state, which is kind of the same deal. And you have the Longhorns number one, TCU two ahead of UTSA, Texas Tech, SMU, and then Texas A and M. That's interesting to me. The Aggies down at six. Yeah. So I get killed for this. This is the thing <laughs> that I get crushed by, you know. But I think the hard part about Dave Campbell's is we're trying to figure out a, a way to cover all thirteen teams in an equitable way. Yeah. And so these power polls are always going to like A and M Texas have the the most talented rosters. They just do. They always do. I, I, I'm not saying that Texas A and M would lose to SMU or to UTSA on a on a neutral site, but compared to conference competition, right? Like and that's how I look at it. Uh, UTSA is better than in the American than Texas A&M is in, in the SEC, right? Yeah. Uh, UTSA's won 23 games over the last two back years. They won back-to-back titles. conference titles. In what way can I put them behind Texas A&M, right? Like, 
other than Texas A&M has more NFL draft picks. So the way I have kind of approached this is like based on conference competition, where are you in the power poll? So Texas is number one because I feel like they're the favorite in the Big 12 uh, and then move on down the list from there. And you get killed for it, but I love yeah. it. I mean, you yeah. just put it out there. Yeah, and absolutely let them, let them crushed judge. on social media. That's good. That's yeah. what social media is for. Yeah. We always. I have most things muted. I have most things muted. That's a good idea. I don't I'm ever all for see crushing. It. Um, I see it. But you know, you got A and M down there. That's, look, A and M went. What did they win? Five games last year. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, stop with the uh, you, power polls about success on the field right. and that's why people are going right. to get on you for having texas number one i get that you know the george bush the whole like fool me once shame on you it's in a j cole song that's yes. how i know it from uh but you're not going to do it to me again a&m right like they've started an ap poll sixth the past two years and ended up not sixth right <laughs> and so like for me until we know the mess that is college station and jimbo fisher i'm not, they're not in the top 25 no, right and so um, I'm I'm not allowed in College Station. I'm not sure I was before, uh, but definitely not now. Well, I I, I want to hear the podcast you do with A and M for Dave Campbell. Yeah. So I'm sure that goes well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that. See, but I was smart there. I aligned myself with a former defensive lineman. You know, I got inside. You know, and so he kind of gets all the love, and then I'm the idiot on the show, and it works out really well. <laughs> And I have I no problem. People idiots. I think right. That's perfect. Yeah. As but long so as the advertisement is, money comes in, I have no problem being. This is idiot. also harvested at the Dave Campbell's Texas Football yeah. Magazine. Republic right? of Football, Aggie War Pod. Go listen. It's pretty I good. Can't wait to see that. Uh, the other thing I'm interested in is a writer's poll. And explain mm. what the writer's poll is in, in the magazine. Yeah. So we uh, we contact, I think, 15 to 20 uh, of our favorite writers across the country, across the state, and ask them who they think is going to win each conference, who they think is going to be the national champion. Uh, then we ask them four or five questions to kind of get a feel for what they're thinking going into the year it's it's one of the things i enjoy uh the most as well because i get so stuck in my own vision of things that it's nice to to see what everybody else is thinking well now, interesting it's page uh 53 when you get your own copy okay, okay. They'll, they'll, they'll yeah. Send this to you. <laughs> yeah but it, the experts offer their analysis on the 2023 season uh you guys you said 10 15 writers it's from across the state cbs sports um gosh austin american statesman ESPN, uh, and I like this one. Best college football defensive player in Texas is who? Jalen Ford. I would say he's, he's unanimous, but Jalen Ford, the Longhorn middle linebacker who returns for his senior season, number 41, who was so big last year. He, along with Johnny Hodges from TCU, pretty much sweep the uh, the predictions. Uh, I don't see many other. But there's there's a Jalen Ford, Jalen Ford, Johnny Hodges, Damani Richardson from A&M gets one from the guy that writes for the Bryan College Station Eagle. Yeah. That makes some sense. But uh, high opinion of Jalen Ford. And, you know, I think a lot of us thought he should have been the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year a year ago. So many impactful plays for the Longhorns forcing turnovers. Just those critical, huge, game-saving plays. And, uh, you know, if he can build on that to give them a leader in the middle of the football field, that defense can take another step. I mean, he's leading in tackles, uh, interceptions, fumbles, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? He filled up the stat sheet. It was like a triple-double guy in basketball or something, right? We just kind of did everything. And a lot of those interceptions and fumbles and tackles, they came in big moments. Like, he just always kind of felt like the guy who was making a big play for the Texas defense. Without DeMarvion Overshone here, he's going to need to be even better, more of a leader and uh, more vocal. And he's talked about uh, becoming that over this last year. He was our All-Texas defensive player of the year last year, even with Tyree Wilson in the state, just because Wilson didn't play as many games. So I'm a big Jalen Ford guy, and yeah, I think that was correct. Johnny Hodges is also a really good player, though. 
from TCU, yeah. yeah. Well, and then it's, which true freshman will have the biggest impact is in here as well. And a lot of Reuben Owens, the A&M running back, but, and then some Cedric Baxter Jr., C.J. Baxter, the Longhorn freshman from Orlando that we talked about earlier, but uh, Anthony Hill on here, the five-star kid who was once an A&M commitment from Denton Ryan, ends up at Texas. He'll play next to Jalen Ford. If he's that good, this can be – we know what the front looks like. The defensive front looks pretty salty for Texas uh, and the depth in the defensive backfield. Linebacker is the biggest question. If Anthony Hill is the best and most impactful freshman, well, watch out. Texas' defense can be really good. And I feel like the way they used him in the spring – just kind of a Micah Parsons role. Yeah. Use your natural athleticism. You're bigger and faster than everybody. Just run and get the ball. We'll let Jalen Ford do the smart stuff and intellectually like run the defense. You go get the ball, uh, yeah. whether it's a running play or a, or a sack and a quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised if Texas used Anthony Hill the way LSU used Harold Perkins. Yeah. Where it's just like, go get the ball, go run after the quarterback, go terrorize people, and next offseason we'll teach you how to play the position. Yeah. You know, and so uh, right now, and he got here early in the spring, so that's going to help him as well. He's here over the summer. He's got a head start that way. But, yeah, it, it's see ball, go get ball, right, early on, and then you figure out the small stuff after that. I like that a lot. Also, which transfer will have the biggest impact? A lot of it goes to uh, JoJo Earl, mm-hmm. who transferred from Alabama. There's it LSU or Alabama? Alabama. Alabama to, te- to te- Texas Christian. He'll be at TCU as uh, Sonny Dykes continues to use that portal. But uh, Jalen Catalan and A.D. Mitchell uh, voted on and mentioned here. Jalen Catalan from uh, Arkansas, safety, uh, big-time player, but health is his concern. And we know A.D. Mitchell. We've talked about him a lot on the Eyes on Texas multicast. This guy can play, won a couple national championships with Georgia, uh, Longhorns. I mean, this can be a really almost a separator because Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, Jatavion Sanders, and then this guy, who, yeah. man, I mean, we saw him in the spring game, uncoverable. That's a, that's a problem for a defense. I mean, you got a couple, or you got a double one, <laughs> yeah, you know, and you can't double them all. And we talked about earlier with the run game. Now, all of a sudden, you're, you're light on the back end, and, and what do you do there? Uh, but I think the Jalen Catalan one is fascinating. If Jalen Catalan is healthy, even if, let's say, what's the regular season's 12 game, say he's healthy for eight of those 12 games, I think that's a win. Yeah. Like, that's that's an easy win for Texas, especially if those eight games are, are really good, important games, and you can maybe save him on a couple where he's beat up or bumped. But, you know, dating back to his high school career, he's had injury problems. I missed most of his senior year with an injury. He was hurt in the first game. They were playing a team shoulder, in Oklahoma. Right? Yeah. And it's just always, B.J. Foster was the same way, right? Like, B.J. Foster can't raise his arm above his shoulder. You know, like he can't he can't no. say hello, right, and raise his hand that way. Uh, and it, it hurt him wrapping up, and we saw the tackling issues uh, that he had late on in his Texas career. You know, Catalan's the same way, where he's a ball hawk, he's around, he plays bigger than his size, which I think is why he always has shoulder problems because he's not he's a big dude, but he's, a, he's like a wrecking ball. Um, and he can really change the fortunes of that back end. He's that good, in my opinion. It's just a matter of his body will allow him to, to kind of get through the wars. One other uh, from the writer's poll, then we'll move into our halftime segment. Good stuff here from uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Pick up your copy. Where do we get it? HEB, Walmart? Yeah, if you, you uh, subscribe right now. TexasFootball.com. You can subscribe. We'll mail it to you. It'll get into to newsstands, brick-and-mortar stuff around July 4th, you know, give or take a few Or days. hang out with Craig Way. Yeah, or hang out with Craig Way. <laughs> that is always a good option for any of this stuff. Yeah, he, he, uh, he follow, yeah. His show follows ours in the morning, so yeah. he's like, hey, here's your copy, and I love it. There's also the best college football offensive player in Texas. A lot of people voted for Frank Harris from UTSA, and why not? He's been meet, there meet. for like, you, you being one of them? Yeah, me. I said meet, meet. Sorry. Oh, you, you I went to UTSA, UTSA so I, I am uh, Frank Harris, contractually obligated. He's going into year seven. He's Dr. <laughs> Frank Harris. He's been there for a while. Uh, you know, he had medical he he had medical red shirts his first two years. I'm and sure then the third year was twenty twenty. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, like, none of his first three years counted against him. Here's the crazy part. He technically could come back for year eight. Shut it. He could. <laughs> technically. The, the way the NCAA is, he could de- technically come back for year eight. I don't know if he wants to. You know, I think you get to a point where you're, like, too old to be in that locker room. You know, where you've just been there for too long. But with the way COVID is and medical red shirts and the regular red shirt year and all that kind of stuff, uh, things have got really. It's hard to put together a magazine because you, you used Chase to Daniels of used college to be, football. Or well, what? you used to see a guy who was a senior and they played, and you were like, "Well, he's no longer here because that's what happens. You go from senior to graduated, uh, and now you got to email the SIDs and go like, is he a senior who's allowed to come back? Is he a senior who's they gone?' So either. it's all and they don't either, right? So you're just kind of cross checking. Well, Frank Harris got a bunch of votes, but I will say uh, to wrap up the uh, Texas conversation, uh, voted best college football offensive player in the state of Texas. We mentioned Jalen Ford got a ton of the votes. Uh, Jatavion Sanders got a vote uh, from the, from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Quinn Ewers got a vote from the San Antonio Express News. And Xavier Worthy got several votes. Actually, JT Sanders got three or four votes, yeah. which tells you how talented he can be. Five-star player who really have blossomed as a sophomore. Now he's a junior, and they expect huge things. Xavier Worthy and then Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers. So uh, it, it, it tells you how talented Texas is that three or four different guys got votes for that. And we tend to not think about offensive linemen when that question's asked, but the answer might be Kelvin Banks. Yeah, like, I, I keep thinking about Kelvin Banks because you guys did. There's the, there's the page thirty fifty three mm-hmm. with Kelvin Banks as the best offensive lineman in the preseason, and the fact that Christian Jones came back to man the right tackle position as a sixth year player. I mean that's bookend, and and Christian made such great strides last year. Uh, man, the interior, there's a lot of depth to sort that out and find your best three. This can be a really great unit, which goes to the running back conversation, which goes to play action and all the things we talked about with Sark. I mean, it's a lot of positives for Texas. <laughs> I mean, we're probably setting ourselves up for a fall, but a uh, lot to like, a lot of talent, and uh, Dave Campbell's Texas football certainly high on Texas as the number one team in their Texas power poll in the addition uh, with Sonny Dykes on the cover. Mike uh, Mike Craven penned the uh, excellent story uh, about Sonny and his 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 path to, to Texas Christian and to the national title game last year. Really good stuff. So pick it up when you can. Subscribe where you can. Second quarter presented by Access Discount Healthcare, created by pharmacists, folks. This is important because they're they're tired of the high cost of of uh, prescription drugs. Uh, they are going to offer you a Netflix style monthly subscription to help you significantly cut your prescription drug costs. Add up what you spend monthly, and then on the annual basis on your prescription drugs. And you can sign up for a prescription drug platform that we say is essentially Netflix for your prescriptions. You pay a small monthly fee and you access the platform for all of your scripts. Uh, There's no long-term contract. It's month to month. And I'll tell you something about that month-to-month deal coming up. But subscriptions are $21.99 for one person by yourself, $21 and almost $22 a month. If you are a two-person family, it's $26.99. And for a family of three or more, as long as you live in the same house and at the same address, it's $31.99. That's it. And prescriptions can be mailed directly to you or picked up at over 64,000 pharmacies, Walgreens, CVS, and others. You can go to the website and see all the drugs that are included. They're going to get the drug that you need. And here's the thing. They already have over 1.5 million Americans using this platform. And the retention rate is 98.5%. Once people get signed up, they don't leave unless, unfortunately, they pass away. That's really what they've discovered is what's that's the 1.5% that's not staying in. The 1.5 million already in, uh, an incredible retention rate. They're going to save you a ton of money. This is not insurance. It's not a discount card. Visit this website, yourfreerxdrugs.com, yourfreerxdrugs.com. And again, all your questions will be answered right there. They have a fact 
page on the on the website. Every single question you have, you're thinking, e, that's too good to be true. Just check it out. I promise you they've got videos that walk you through it. They want you to be able to get the, the, uh, the prescription drugs that you need at an affordable cost for you and your family because I know everybody's bleeding to death with costs and inflation. YourFreeRxDrugs.com. Check that out. It brings you the second quarter. They are phenomenal. Promise me. One more time. YourFreeRxDrugs.com. Time for halftime on the Eyes on Texas multicast powered by Grande Equipment. And as we tell you, we are a source of the Republic of Football Network on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football uh, Podcast Network. Just go to TexasFootball.com. You're going to find us. We are certainly uh, on YouTube pages at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Also on the Horn in Austin, the flagship for the Longhorns. We're available through iTunes and Spotify. Uh, and again, we couldn't put this on every single week and then come football season bi-weekly without our founding partners, including my good friend Richard Strever, who's with us now, and his team uh, over there at One Source Gas here in Central Texas, uh, the best. He's got this Longhorn football camo gear going on. He's a military veteran as well, which I'm proud to tell you about. How's uh, How are you, Richard? Good to see you, buddy. I'm doing great. How about you? Good, man. I appreciate your friendship and your partnership on this. This is incredible. Yeah. This, this is uh, a lot happening here. Well, you're a big Longhorn fan. I know that from our conversations. But One Source Gas, you know, when we started looking for founding partners, we wanted people that are going to grow with us and be with us for the long haul. And we weren't going to rotate a bunch of new people in all the time. And uh, you were one of the first people I reached out to to say, hey, jump on, because I know you have your own, you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, and One Source Gas of Austin. I say of Austin, but you're everywhere. You're Austin, Central Texas, yeah, we, San Marcos. We, we just, we started in Austin. That's where the, the backbone of the industry for us has started. And obviously we've expanded all the way down to South Texas of Corpus Christi. You know, and up far up north is Waco, of course, uh, in San Antonio, big footprint in San Antonio now. So we are we are branching out throughout the state of Texas, which has been our overall goal. Well, there you go. And uh, it, it's the CO. I mean, you're, you're a gas provider, right? So you yes. compress gas, CO2, nitrogen, oxygen, propane. Mm -hmm. If you need it, uh, they'll get it to you. And obviously for bars and restaurants, that's critical for, for yep. tap beer. Uh, that's important for the uh, veterinary and medical industry. That's huge. Mm -hmm. What are your uh, what are your biggest uh, clients? What do they what do they most need? Uh, CO2 is actually the uh, the main gas you know, uh, provide product that we provide. So, um, so a lot of, there's a lot of uses for CO2, you know, not just for, you know, having a nice cocktail or, or beer, but of course, uh, there's some medical needs for it as well. And, um, you know, our backbone in, in, in this industry when we started was definitely the, uh, service and hospitality. I mean, they, I mean, we would not be here if it wasn't for them. Um, we've definitely grown from that into the medical industry, which is where we want to continue to focus our growth. And, uh, you know, CO2 is that it's, it's widely needed. Yeah. Well, you got to have it and you guys deliver it on the daily, right? Absolutely. And, yes. And yes. Because you need it on the daily. And uh, I know where I live in Onion Creek and you live or neighbors there. Uh, gosh, down Kyle Buta, there's restaurants and bars mm -hmm. and things are popping up. I our, saw a new Rudy's is going in. There's a great club Onion Creek. I mean, everything's blowing up yep. that way. I mean, uh, and that is all hospitality, restaurants, yes. hotels, they're going to need those things, and uh, you provide them and do a great job. Uh, tell folks how they can get a hold of uh, you guys. I mean, again, as I said, with with any of our founding partners, if you're going to work with somebody, work with a Longhorn fan who's going to treat you right, it is uh, your one-stop shop for all Texas compressed gas. They're the leader, and as Richard said, they started in Austin. They've, they've branched out, but they're still going to deliver to you. You guys are based out in San Marcos now, correct? That is. That's where our, our fill plant is at, yes. And how is uh, best way to get to you is one source gas atx.com. Our website is great, great, uh, great to reach out to us. And then, of course, our phone number that's 512 214 8484. 214 8484. Yep. 
onesourcegasatx.com. You've been listening to the conversation for the first half hour of the multicast. You feeling good about the horns this year? Feeling good? You know what? I, I'm feeling good, but I'm also just like probably a lot of the fans out there. I'm always a little reserved. It, it seems like that we, as fans, have really high expectations. You know, we... we we expect them to be a, a nine, ten win team, and yet it ends up becoming a six, seven, maybe eight win team, and it's just like, well, what happened? And then you know, could be the year. I, I hope so. I hope so. I just don't want to lose any more games in the fourth quarter. Uh, well, that's what they did last year four times. Uh, four times, winnable games in the uh, final 15 minutes came back, and we'll see if they can fix that. Uh, coming up with Mike Craven in our halftime segment, and I'll tell you during, and I thank you for sponsoring our halftime because it's our bottom of the hour. And come football season, it's going to be a great big feature for us here on the multicast. We're going to have uh, Lifetime Longhorns joining us. Uh, where they are now, uh, what are they up to? They usually will relate to the first, to the game the Longhorns are playing that week. So we're excited to catch up with some lifetime Longhorns. Also, we're going to keep up with the Longhorns in the National Football League. Uh, who's made rosters? Who's doing well on a, on a Sunday by Sunday basis or a week by week basis? Uh, but one thing we're going to do here through the summer, and it was Mike Craven's great idea, we're into our eleventh podcast. So, you know, last week was 10. If mm-hmm. we said who's the greatest number 10 in UT history, we would have said Vince Young. That wouldn't That's have right. been a debate. But number 11. There is a debate. Do you have a favorite number 11 that's ever worn the Texas football uniform? Well, I mean, he he, he did have such a short career with Texas, but I have to go to Ramon's Taylor. I mean, very, <laughs> very impactful. Obviously, he is— National part, championship? Absolutely, 2005. I mean, he had, what, had over 1,200 yards that season and, of course, 15 touchdowns, one of them actually being in the second quarter of the national championship. I mean, he was instrumental. I mean, I, I can only imagine what— what could have been with him? 100%. Absolutely. Ramont's Taylor. That's off the nose. I love it. Uh, we'll get Mike back involved in that, and we'll take certainly your thoughts on our uh, our Twitter pages and Instagrams and all of those things that uh, for the Eyes on Texas multicast. OneSourceGasATX.com, another one of our great founding partners. Thank you so much. Richard Strever, good to see you, buddy. Great to see you. All right, thank you to Richard Strever and our great friends at uh, OneSourceGas. They are tremendous. OneSourceGasATX.com. Mike Craven rejoins us. And, uh, by the way, those sponsor conversations will go on, be going on ongoing through the summer. Love hearing them from our, our founding partners. And again, they're going to be with us the long haul into the SEC and beyond with the Eyes on Texas multicast uh, powered by Grande Equipment because uh, we're going to get bigger and better, keep doing this thing uh, to keep our eyes on Texas football and Texas athletics. But Mike, I asked uh, Richard the question, best number 11, and you, your eyes, I saw you light up when he said yeah. Ramont's Taylor. Well, I went to Cedar Park and we were in the same district. Uh, as Ramon's Taylor, like he would, like the dude was a super freak. Like he took the jump in basketball. Like he was their point guard, <laughs> but he took the tip because he could jump higher than any of us, right? Like Chip Killian, who's now the uh, outside linebacker coach at Southwestern University, was the head coach at Pflugerville Hendrickson for a while. He was our middle linebackers coach when I was in school, and he also did special teams. And like all week long, he threatened the punter. Like you will not play another football game at Cedar Park High School if you kick it to him. And like the first, <laughs> the first one was just right down the middle of the field. Right, Ramonts takes it back. He broke some dude's hip. Like it was a whole thing, right? <laughs> and I tell like you don't have cuts in high school football. That kid never had a jersey again. He didn't get cut, but he wasn't, <laughs> yeah. wasn't, wasn't in uniform. Wasn't, wasn't, he wasn't in <laughs> athletics anymore. You had one job. Yeah, we had 100%. a plan. <laughs> he started crying on the sideline because he knew what was going to well, happen. And everything you know, that was great. That's a great memory. I love that because we were covering the team when when he was there, and of course, Ramos was a, I think a freshman in the national championship yeah. year, and it's he's just as Richard said, one of those what could have been, yeah, like mean, that Ohio State return, oh. where he like brain farts in the middle of it, but is still so athletic enough he like turns the corner. You know, like he's just like, he's, he's you know, Tyree Kill. It's yeah. like a, there's a Tyree Kill element to him that was just yeah. every time the ball was in his hands, positionless football. Yeah. would have really served Ramont's Taylor yeah. very well. 
Yeah, there's the guys that remind. I mean, Deion Sanders, when the ball's in his hands, Tyreek Hill, something explosive is probably going to happen. Yeah. And unfortunately, he couldn't get out of his own way. But uh, who is your best number eleven ever? Vince Young is, of course, the best number ten. Yeah. As we'll do this all the way through the summer through our multicast. Uh, best number eleven. Uh, mine is Derek Johnson. If you are carrying something around me, I will uppercut you from behind to try to get it out of your hands. Like, and that is from just watching that move that Derek Johnson made famous mm, at the University the of Texas. Uh, got robbed for some National Player of the Year stuff, but yeah, one of the maybe in my lifetime. Uh, favorite defensive player that's ever played at Texas? I think so, too. I think so, too. I mean, it's really been an offensive team. There have been some great defensive players. I mean, Corey Redding was a tremendous player. Uh, but, man, uh, impactful, as you said, forcing fumbles. We just saw Jalen Ford being maybe the preseason defensive player of the year in the Big 12. It makes impactful plays. But that guy did it with such athleticism and just such gosh, immediate, immediate. Mm-hmm. As a freshman, stepped on the field and blew everybody away. I like that. Obviously, Major Applewhite has to be in the 11 conversation. And, of course, Ricky Williams at the start of his career wore number 11. And as I tell you, I do the morning show on The Horn, the flagship station here in Austin, and at hornfm.com if you're looking for good, great content, 6 to 10 every morning, talking Longhorn football and everything else. Uh, my co-host for 20 years has been Bucky Godbolt. He wore number 11 at Boston College out of uh, Bethlehem Catholic High School. And uh, Ricky tells the story, or Bucky tells the story, that Ricky came from San Diego. Bucky recruited him as the running back's coach. Uh, he wanted number 34, but there was a 34, and Ricky was so nice that he wouldn't demand the number. He, like, he was just like, no, I don't. I'll, what was your number at Boston College? And he said, 11. And he said, okay, we're 11. Uh, I'll make it famous you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, Ricky came here to win a Heisman Trophy, and he did. Uh, Now he wore 11, 37, and 34 in the Heisman Trophy year, but uh, 11 has to be thrown on the pile of great uh – what is the who is the current number eleven? Do I know this off the top of my head? I have to look that up. Nolan Hogan, our digital editor, is going to lead us through our spicy hot takes coming up in our third quarter. We'll look up what number eleven is running around the forty acres right now because there's these players change their numbers all the time now. Yeah, We've talked that, about that. That is the thing. That is the thing. I mean, I, I, I know Rod Babers, our buddy on the afternoon show at the Horn, is big on. Why are you changing your number? That's your number, man. That's the, that's your calling that's card. Your brand. Eleven your, is uh, DeAndre Moore. DeAndre Moore. And, Jay, and Jalen Catalan. Jalen Catalan. Okay. Then safety yeah. from Arkansas transfer. DeAndre Moore, the freshman receiver from uh, uh, the state of California. New uh, guys. Coming. Huh? New guys. Make new stories. New guys, new stories. Sticks. Keep your number. Uh, and that's the thing. Well, at some point, we'll have an episode of the multicast where we talk about the numbers changing again. And you're like, like Xavier Worthy's on his third number now. Like, what are, like, what are we doing? Uh, but that's you know, each his own. To each his own. Third quarter. Uh, is how we roll it, coming out of halftime. And it's brought to you by the On Point Spice Company, a local small business started by my guys James Joseph and Adrian Ruiz. We'll tell you about them coming up. It is something you're going to want in your pantry. And in every barbecue pit, On Point Spice Company, they bring you the third quarter, which means they bring you our spicy hot takes from college football and from the Longhorns. Our buddy and our man Nolan Hogan, our digital producer, leads us through those each and every week uh, in our third quarter. Nolan, what's up? Uh, so we got some journalism, journalistic questions here for you guys. Um, Let's with both go. of you being 20-plus years in the journalism field, it'd be fun to ask these questions. Um, a favorite team... Not that, that old. That Let's cover. put a pause on this real quick. I am no. not that old, sir. Sorry. <laughs> I'm 25 years 25 in. 25 years. Yeah, like 15. Uh, 15 years in. Well, yeah, our, our, holding our, on. Our, uh, our, station, our show producer, our multicast producer who does all our editing and is filming everything with our cameras. Griffin Hogan, my other son, he turns 25 tomorrow. So let's say happy birthday to Griffin. Yeah, happy birthday. So I am the old birthday. I'm, I'm yeah. 50, he's 25. Yeah. I have 15 plus 15 and 
Yeah, not even plus, just 15. Well, I think it's because <laughs> I... 15 going on 16. I think it's because Mike presents himself I, as an old soul. I'm just playing. I'm just and messing And he uh, grew up in the Texas football I just locker. had, like, knee stuff today, so I'm feeling my age a little bit. <laughs> I don't want it to make it any more than it He's already. got you aged, and yeah. I'm aged. I've got a 25-year-old yeah. that I brought into this world, which is amazing. Happy birthday, Griffin. All right, Nolan, what is uh, what are your journalistic hot take questions brought to you by On Point Spice Company? All right, so the first one's going to be a favorite team that you've had a chance to cover, any specific season, team, year, what, anything All right. like that. Well, I'll lead off with that and go with the 05 Texas team, which we talked about. I mean, it was magical. It was an unbelievable season. I know that's an easy out, but it's easily the, the, the most fun team to cover because it came off the, you know, there was a time in early 2000 where Mac Brown was called Coach February where he was, his teams were soft and they got pushed around and Bob Stoops in Oklahoma would beat them up. Uh, but they won every other game. I mean, they win 11 or 12 games. They just couldn't get over the Oklahoma hump. And then, obviously, the talent eventually outweighed Mac Brown at some level. Uh, and Vince Young became a Superman. And uh, they were the tougher. They're the best damn team. Uh, and it was built in the summertime, coming out of 2004 when they won the Rose Bowl. Uh, the first time around, uh, beat Michigan. And it was just it was a special year. You could feel it. Uh, I was live on the field at the Ohio State game in Columbus in early September that they won. Uh, obviously live at the Cotton Bowl when they blew out Oklahoma and finally just really ended that demon. Uh, live on the field in Houston when they beat uh, Colorado 70-3 to in the Big yeah. 12 championship game. Joel Klatt, RIP. And Joel Klatt is lucky to be alive at this point because Drew Kelson hit him so hard. And then, of course, the Rose Bowl. Uh, it, it, Mike, it's one of those. I didn't go to UT. I went to St. Edwards, but I've been around Austin for long enough. I've got enough friends who are lifelong fans to be to walk from the media press box down to the locker room, which you have to do. You got to walk through the stands at the Rose Bowl, and just grown men just weeping, just mm-hmm. weeping when Vince Young scored the touchdown, just in tears, and rightfully. I mean, it's just this overwhelming emotion, and having covered that whole team, that team the whole year from start to finish, it was rightful. They were doubted. They couldn't beat the Trojan Army and all of that, and uh, you know. Mac Brown handled it with with great class and uh, f- easily the most fun team. And Ramatz Taylor was a big part yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had an interesting career. I've never been a beat writer, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I've never covered just one team the the whole way through, uh, unless we go back to, like, my high school editor day, like when I was at the Taylor Daily Press, the Hutto News, and I won't bore you about, like, the 2013 Taylor Ducks or something like that. Uh, I'll go a different way. I'll say the 2018 recruiting class. Uh, I was at the Austin American Statesman at that time. That was B.J. Foster, Anthony Cook, Deshaun Jamison, DeMarvion Overshone, that kind of class. Uh, I loved a lot of those guys, like Keandre Coburn. They were excellent. Uh, they were awesome to, to write about. A lot of them were from Houston. I have some history back in Houston, so that was cool uh, as well. But I really enjoyed that group. Not all of them ended up being as good as maybe they were supposed to be, quote-unquote, coming out of school uh, based on their ratings for different reasons, right? Uh, but I learned a lot from those kind of guys, right? You know, Caden Stearns and, and those dudes, um, you know, going through like the 2020, the Black Lives Matter movement and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think they did a lot for this university. That was a lot of those. That group was a lot of fun to cover. 2018 recruiting. And that's, I mean, that's a, a season unto itself. Yeah, oh, yeah. Without a doubt, when you go front to back like that, and you were doing this, the Statesman Fab 55 at the time. And you no, know, as you always say, when you write, I mean, you put pen to paper, it sticks, right? You put, you mm-hmm. put the best 55 out there and you are forever judged. Everybody can Google search that and find it and see how accurate you were. And you were pretty darn good, by the way, on that year, if I remember hey, right. 
Thank you. I, I would put up the Fat 55 when I was there against 24-7 rivals, any of those, inside the state, right? Because I, I was allowed to just go anywhere I wanted to, you know? Um, and so it, it was a it was a good time. That was a really good group of guys. And what was cool about the recruiting meeting, and I, I can't do it anymore because I'm too old. Like, I don't know how old guys do the recruiting thing. Well, that's a, old, that's old. a young man's game. Uh, well, not as old as maybe we were trying to make me out to be, but I'm older <laughs> than these high school recruits, right? But when I was 27, 28, you know, interviewing 16, 70-year-olds, not all that awful, right? But when you're 37, 30, it gets a little bit different and uh, what was cool about recruiting though is you're able to tell those stories first you're able to go to Caden Stearns and tell his story first BJ Foster tell his story first Joseph Joseph Osai for example and tell his story first and how he uh, found football coming from Nigeria watching the Steelers with his uncle one time and not knowing what it was right and be able to write that story that then gets populated when he gets drafted by the Bengals and so uh, that as a storyteller that was my favorite part of the recruiting class and that group particularly allowed me to tell some really cool stories. I love that and I will say this candidly to our audience that are watching uh, when we started talking about doing a podcast you know everybody does a podcast now or a multicast and I wanted to do a podcast with you, having had you on our radio show so many times. Because of that exact thing, you have a, a feel for players. It's not just, you don't just read stuff and talk about it, right? You you know these guys, and mm-hmm. you get to know these coaches. So there's an insight that you bring to the multicast, and you can't wait to get to the football season behind the scenes when the Longhorns are playing all these, these ball games that you bring that I don't think many other people in this market, or certainly in the state of Texas, bring, which I think is a, is a whole different animal. So... Well done. I Thank like, you. I enjoy that about your conversation, and I think our audience will too as we grow this thing. All right, any other uh, journalistic questions on our spicy hot takes? No, no. Uh, a favorite interview or encounter, a player, coach, associate that had a story that you just can't forget, and did you know that story was going to be great as soon as they told it? <sighs> or that interview happened? That's well, a good one. That's a real good one. Well, I mean, immediately what jumps into my head is uh, an encounter, well, one came early on in the coverage of Mac Brown when Mac was really a sensitive Howard Hughes kind of football coach that wanted to control the message. And Bucky and I got called down to the tavern, 12th and Lamar, for a meeting with uh, Mac and Cleve Bryant and Bill Little and a bunch of uh, Longhorn brass. It was kind of a come-to-Jesus conversation about get in line or get out kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was a young guy in radio at the time, and uh, I, I just remember looking at Mac going, really, this, you, you're wasting your time on us. We do a radio, little old radio show in the afternoon here in Austin. We're not impacting your football program. We're not always going to be 100% positive, I promise you that. Uh, but we're on board plenty. P- trust me on that. I just, I always love Mac, but at the same time, I felt like he was super sensitive. And I didn't, I didn't understand a, a highly paid football coach taking time to worry about us. Like that was, yeah. dude, you got bigger deals going on. Not us. That was on the negative side. Best moment. Gosh, as a baseball fan, this is not football. Uh, two things. Weekly conversations we have with Augie Garrido. Uh, we, Bucky and I, we talk to him every Tuesday, and then I got to talk to Coach Augie offline a lot, and just the philosophies, the thoughts. It was so deep. It was so good. Um, there were some Tuesday mornings that it was a little rougher than others for Coach Garrido. Like, uh, you know, he had a few the night before, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we loved Augie, and he was great, and uh, wish you, you know, rest in peace to Augie. And I'll say this, I was at spring training with the Astros once, and got to sit in the dugout, between like right next to Roger Clemens and Nolan Ryan talking about baseball for maybe an hour, like literally an hour. Didn't no cameras, no microphones, just Nolan and Roger Clemens talking pitching, talking baseball. That's one of those in this industry, in this field, if you get to do it, just pinch yourself. I mean, I, I don't I couldn't tell you exactly what was said for an hour, but just you 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 wow. Nolan Ryan's talking pitching with Roger Clemens. 
I mean, the amount of stories, and it was just incredible. And it's in a dugout on a minor league field in Kissimmee, Florida. And uh, so great moment, without a doubt. Yeah, I have a lot of those, like maybe not as a journalist, but just like growing up and just getting to hang out in the locker room and hearing Coach Royal talk about the wishbone or yeah. something, you know, and just like kind of, you know, the Cash Brothers talking about stuff or getting into a fight and yeah. kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but for me, and maybe this would have been a better answer for when we were talking about the team. You know, I, I had the privilege of being the beat writer for Austin FC when it first, you know, happened in, in 2021. And coming out of the pandemic and being able to travel around and follow that team everywhere. And, you know, I, I was born here. I was born on 290 right over there at St. David's. Um, and so to be able to be the writer for the first time that there was a pre- professional f- uh, sports team that said Austin on the front, right? I guess it says Yeti on the front, but but you know what I mean, right? You know, because we had the Round Rock Express or the Ice Bats or something, but never really like Austin. And so that was really cool. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then the other one is Rashad Wisdom. He's the current UTSA safety. He's been there for a while, a lot like Frank Harris, uh, where he's been there for for a good amount of time. His younger brother Bryce passed away. Uh, to cancer and, and the hashtag Bryce Strong became a really big deal in San Antonio and at UTSA. And when I was at the Statesman, I pitched that story multiple times and I just couldn't write it because it wasn't in our market. It just didn't really make sense. And uh, I, I won't say I left the Statesman to go to Dave Campbell's to write that story, but it was absolutely the first thing I did <laughs> when I got to Dave Campbell's. Right. And so uh, that was an important story that I always wanted to write and I was able to write it. And that was, that was probably, that's probably the most important story in my opinion that I've ever written. It's awesome. Great stuff. We're very lucky to do what we do. And uh, I won't, Say Nolan Nolan is named after Nolan Ryan, but that conversation sealed it. <laughs> Probably happened. Yeah, I think I tricked my wife into that deal uh, back in the day. She liked the name, you know, and I did too. Uh, all right, on point Spice Company bringing you our spicy hot takes every third quarter here on the Multicast. It's James Joseph and Adrian Ruiz. They produce top quality spice blends that are an absolute must in every home and barbecue pit, uh, especially now summer grilling season is here, and we know when tailgate season rolls around in the fall, you're going to want them. They have two incredible spice blends that I, I want you to try out. Uh, Their top-shelf steak and more. It is the last steak seasoning you'll ever need. Uh, It'll replace everything in your pantry, I promise you. It's phenomenal on fillets, ribeyes, sirloins, T-bones, whatever cut of meat. You know, when you get your steaks and you're like, what do I put on this? I'm not sure this time. Just get the the top-shelf steak and more from our friends at On Point. That'll be it. It's also fantastic on vegetables that you're going to grill or smoke or or put in the oven. Uh, They also have the AR Barbecue Pitmaster Rub, which is a grand champion pitmaster rub, 20-plus years in the making. You add it to your spice rack or pit. It's on your briskets ahead of time, chicken, ribs, pork, shoulder, whatever you want, whatever you're smoking. It is also awesome, by the way, that AR Barbecue Pitmaster Rub on the rim of your favorite Bloody Mary the day after. Really, really good. There are restaurants now all through South Austin and Buda and Kyle that are picking that up to sell with their Bloody Marys and mix it with or put on the rim. Really good. Get you all some today. OnPointSpices.com. That's OnPointSpices.com. Great local company, again, uh, uh, partnering with us here on the Multicast. OnPointSpices.com spices.com you won't be go wrong i promise you in this grilling season summer fourth of july into the fall uh fire it up uh time for our final quarter talk about some of the bigger picture conversations of college football that's delivered by the good times and incredible scratch food at hayes city store and ice house an absolute destination location it is dine and vibe every time at the hayes city store and ice house and that leads us to college football and the big stories of college football and i found some interesting ones this week mike and uh, and nolan that i think are you know, college football is in its, you know, the, the, the conference meetings are going on. About to have big the conference media days Duh. are going to be coming up around the corner. Uh, but the stories uh, that I uh, that are of interest, I'll start with Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders is a big story because, you know, he's Deion Sanders and he's mm-hmm. coaching Colorado and he's turned his roster over with 65 new players. But according to reports, Deion is doing great. 
underwent a procedure to relieve blood clots in both of his legs. Um, and, you know, there's a chance, you know, he could lose his foot here at some point here. He's got a, a family history of blood clots. He's got, he, you know, his career ended in the NFL because of a turf toe injury. Uh, and, you know, it got so severe. And it turns out that he's got lack of circulation in that foot. And I, you're dealing with that. You were at mm-hmm. you know, the doctor today. And we just hope that uh, Dion does okay. He's, he may have to, to go without a foot uh, as he builds this. We hope the best for him. Yeah, no, I mean, that's scary stuff, right? Like, I mean... I'm not the hugest Deion Sanders guy because, you know, I, I was a high school football reporter around prime prep and, and that kind of stuff. But, and that was shady. Uh, yeah, 100%. And there's some stories behind the scenes. and You know, you don't know what to believe, right? I've never heard his side of the story. But it's pretty horrific on the on some of the players' side of the story. So I've always had a sour my ta- taste in my mouth because of that. I hope TCU put 70 on Colorado. But, I mean, you don't wish bad on anybody in a health way. Yeah. Well, well that game is, is counting down. I think we're yeah. 69 days to that Week game. One. Nice. Uh, and yeah, nice 69. <laughs> uh, tell Texas, uh, tell TCU hosts Colorado. Prime believes his team will be ready to go. All the new players. Sonny Dykes is kind of waiting to uh, to pounce on that game. I got to think. Also, the college football playoff executive director Bill Hancock is re- is going to retire in 2025. Obviously, they're bringing in new leadership to the new frontier. 2024, USC UCLA leave for the Big Ten. Texas Oklahoma to the SEC. The 12 team playoff comes online. Probably a good time for Bill Hancock to step aside. Yeah, right off into the sunset, you know, he can he can say that he, you know, kind of instituted this playoff and, and brought college football into a new age. I still am on the fence on if I think this 12-team expanded playoff is, is better or not for, for college football. Give me the BCS. Like, I know that's crazy, but I, I liked it more when it was just the BCS. Really? Well, we'll yeah. see. I mean, obviously the 12-team playoff gets more and more like the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And I do think at some point college football, with all the issues with NIL, the inequities – are going to separate, and because I think there's a good chance the Pac-12 doesn't exist as we know it long term, uh, as I think the Big 12 is trying to poach Colorado and trying to poach Arizona, which will further destabilize the Pac-12, which could land Oregon and Washington and others back in the Big 10 when it's all said and done. And the Pac-12 will exist, just not in the, at the Power Five level, uh, and it'll be the Big 12 with with new schools. And even without Texas and Oklahoma, the Big 12 will thrive because you add Arizona, Colorado, um, maybe even Utah, maybe Arizona State, if, if the Pac-12 destabilizes to far enough a level that you add those four new schools. So now all of a sudden, even with Texas and Oklahoma gone, you're a 16-team league again uh, that goes coast to coast. You're you know behind the SEC and the Big Ten, but not super far. Yeah. They're right there. ACC, of course, landlocked on the, on the East Coast. But those are your four conferences. There's a day that's coming, that I believe, that those four conferences, however many teams are in them, will be the top layer, like the premier league of college football, and they'll have their own set of rules. They'll break away from the NCAA. They'll hire a you know, commissioner or someone to, to regulate, uh, to comply with whatever federal legislation is coming, Mike. And they're going to run their own ship. The NCAA can stay on board and run everything else. But that, that those 64, 65 teams will run themselves that will matriculate down to a 12-team playoff. Yeah, I think it's going to be Division One, and it'll be the top 64, 60, you know, 70 plus schools, and then you know, Division Two will be that next 70 schools, and then there'll be FCS and and down, you know, from there. Uh, my, I think the fun gets is that we start having a, a pro and relegation situation, right? <laughs> yeah. Like where if you you know you finish last a couple years in a row, then that you know the team that's finishing first at that next <laughs> level could could bounce up and, and, and get you there. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Hold but there's up. not a there's not a world in which, and this is why I don't really. Uh, the the 12 team playoff doesn't do much for me. I'm a UTSA grad, 
And I don't believe that I exist in a world where UTSA and Texas are on equal footing. And that was true 10 years ago, and it's true today. And all that the 12-team expanded playoff does is allow a 9-3 and Alabama to go win it. You know, like we just allowed really good teams to lose a couple games in the regular season, figure it out, and then just go win the national championship. But there also is a chance that UTSA could get into the 12-team playoff. Yes, and then get beat 67-6 to (laughs) like TCU did against Georgia, and I'd rather them just go win the Liberty Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fine with that. I don't don't know why, as college football fans, like, we asked for this. Like, we simultaneously go, like, man, the sport stinks and it's getting ruined and the things that mattered when I was a kid don't matter anymore. And then the same people are like, yeah, it's championship or bust. You know, it's like, when did this happen? You were supposed well, to just yeah, beat I mean, your regional 12, rivals. That's the 12-team playoff will be to allow more SEC teams yeah, and big the teams. 12, right? It'll be like eight. It'll be four SEC teams, four Big 12 teams, and then like four just also yeah, The Big 10 will get some teams. Yeah. And then, yes, but it will also assure the parity that they want. It's not parity, but the fairness to allow a UTSA if they win the uh, Conference USA and are undefeated or an SMU or whoever else to participate and, as you said, get smoked by the number one team as a 12 seed in the first round or as a five seed because the way they would do it, according to the the current plan, is that the first four seeds would get a weekend bye. Five would play 12, six would play 11, and they'd, they'd play a weekend to get it back down to eight, and then the top four would rejoin, and they'd play bowl games. The, the first weekend would be on home sites, but that's coming in 2024. And we, and we would, like, there would be some upsets. Sure. You just wouldn't have three in a row. No. Right? It's not March Madness where you just go on this run and you win a championship or whatever. Like, you're running into grown men. Like, UTSA doesn't have the athletes. And I would there. argue that that would still be, if you're college football, and you, uh, it's big business. And, and they go dormant after the Heisman is handed out. And yeah. there's not a lot of college football conversation until the new year. Yeah. This keeps them relevant all through December. Yeah. Where it's playing. good for me. It's good, it's good for, for me. you. Like it's good. I don't know if it's really just like good for the it's average good for the sport. I don't know, but it's going to lead to compelling football every weekend in December up to the national title yeah. final four, which we're already getting. So I have no problem with it, but I agree with what you're saying. Big picture. One other note in our final four here brought to you by Hayes city store and ice house, uh, LSU's Brian Kelly, the latest big name coach to express concern and ask for federal help, uh, in the current NIL climate. Uh, he told Alex Scarborough of ESPN college athletics is at a crossroads. If this doesn't get fixed, Look, I think more than anything else, Brian Kelly said, they hear it now that college sports is in jeopardy. We have to sound the alarm. Uh, we need to do something immediately. There's needed something. And again, these are SEC coaches who are watching the, the, the super halves while no rules are in place. And Texas would be a part of that. So let's be fair. Uh, USC, A&M, LSU doesn't have the booster base that Texas does, or Texas A&M. Uh, and this is going to become inequitable. I know Texas fans aren't going to get mad about that, but Brian Kelly, the latest coach to sound the alarm. Uh, there is a new NIL bill that's going to launch in the state of Texas on July the 1st, so we're counting down the days to that, uh, that the governor, Greg Abbott, signed. That's going to make it more friendly for the for the cooperatives and the uh, the the Texas One funds of the world uh, to incentivize people to uh, to bo- to give money like they would for the Longhorn Foundation, making it friendlier for the state of Texas versus other states. And this is what is leading to the alarm sounding. Uh, do you think Mike Craven, two uh, two great senators, Tommy Tuberville and Joe Manchin, Tommy Tuberville of Alabama and Joe Manchin of West Virginia, have promised legislation that they're going to write on this? to try to right the wrongs or at least put some guardrails on a federal level of NIL. Are you inspired by that conversation? Uh, No. I would (laughs) rather not talk anymore about Tommy Tuberville uh, to not isolate 50% of the people probably listening to this podcast. Brian Kelly uh, signed a 10-year, $95 million contract. 
And newsflash, he left Notre Dame before that contract ran out, right? Like, what's good for the goose is good for the game. Like, I, that's the part I don't understand. They nobody's asked for federal regulations when these coaching salaries went through the roof. Thank you. I mean, Coach Royal wasn't making anywhere near this kind of money, right? And like nobody's complained for the next fifty years as this thing accelerated to the point of we're playing semi professional ball and everybody around them except for the teenagers are making money. Now all of a sudden those guys can leave the same way that your secondary coach can leave and we need the federal government to come save us. Uh, I think that's very well said, Mike Craven, and I think that's how we can wrap up our fourth quarter because that's exactly right. I mean, it's by guys who constantly complain about the federal government doing anything. Tommy Tumber, Tommy Tuberville included. Yeah, I mean, Southern coaches. Let's be fair politically. Let's not get on either side of the aisle here. But Southern coaches, you know, the, the get out of my world crowd, uh, going to Washington to lobby Congress, the federal government. For help, because as you said, they're not in control of 18, 19, 20-year-old kids anymore like they were for so long, and now their winning is threatened. But mm-hmm. you're exactly right. Brian Kelly jumped out of a contract at, North, at Notre Dame to bolt to LSU and made $100 million. That's never been a problem. And good on him, by the way. Good on him. Yeah, that's cool. But I just want the guard to be able to go do the same thing. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's the, capitalism. They, they, well, they want the free market for coaches yeah. and every other administrator in the industry that makes money and makes a career out of it. They don't want the right guard who's never going to play a down in the National Football League to get anything, even though he's putting his body on the line every single Saturday for 100,000 people at the stadium. Agree with you 100%. Uh, that's hypocritical, mm-hmm. and it's uh, the irony's not lost. Yeah, it's disingenuous. <laughs> yeah. You know. uh, Brian Kelly, the latest, because, you know, they may not be able to horde players and control teenagers any longer uh, and college football players. Great stuff right there. That is our final four. It's brought to you by Hayes City Store and Ice House. Let me just tell you, Hayes City Store is cranking. They are open every single day. They've got live music. If you've never been out there, when I say it is a dine and uh, vibe destination in Driftwood, Texas, it really is. The We were out there recently, and they, had a, a, they have music on the stage six nights a week at Hayes City. They had a lady who was top ten on The Voice and Bree, Bree something or other, Bree Bailey, she was awesome. This is the kind of talent they're bringing in for live music. I know it's hot outside, but they've got the big shade of canopy oak trees. They've got the ice house and the indoor. It is really, really great. Hey, City Store and Ice House, open every day, uh, quickly becoming famous for their scratch Texas comfort food, uh, wood-fired pizzas, house ground burgers, 53 beers on tap, and, of course, that CO2 coming from our buddy... Uh, Richard Strever over there with one source gas to keep those taps flowing. It's in Driftwood, Texas, between Kyle, Dripping Springs, uh, gosh, uh, Wimberley, Driftwood, right in there. A mouthwatering menu online at HayesCityStoreTX.com. That's HayesCityStoreTX.com. Get out there. Probably see you there. Find me in the Ice House watching the Astros game or whatever big sporting event is going on. We'll see you out there at Hayes City Store and Ice House. That's a wrap on another edition of the Eyes on Texas Multicast. It's powered by Grande Equipment. Grande is a locally owned, independent equipment company serving Texas and the world's equipment needs since 2004. Online at GrandeEquipment.com. Wes Murray, another guy you may see at Hayes City Store quite often uh, with his great family. Uh, he will always tell you they're they're small and independent, but they play in the big leagues because they do it right. Relationships are their game at GrandeEquipment.com. If you need equipment for any project, large or small, Grande is your spot. 31 years they've been doing this, and they're absolutely the best, and they power our multicast at grandeequipment.com. Mike Craven, 
Hopefully you get your copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Show. <laughs> if, you, if you don't, I can let you have mine for appreciate a week or so. that. Appreciate that. I'll, I'll You've go borrow one. Thirty-five thousand words yeah. of this, and not ha- don't have your hard copy. I'll have to go to DFW sooner or later, so I'll get one from the office then, or I'll just go buy one at Barnes and Nobles in a week and a half or so. <laughs> they better send you one, or else yeah. you know, they'll, they'll send we have me one. Stacks of them here at the radio station at the Horn yeah. because we're giving them away uh, on Craig Way's show. That's why day. I wasn't able to get one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they sent us boxes, yeah. so yeah. just grab one on your way out. Uh, all right. Thanks to everybody that made this happen. Nolan Hogan, our digital producer. Uh, also, Griffin Hogan, happy birthday to the Griff tomorrow. Uh, he is 25 years old on Tuesday. Also, Richard Strever and his team at One Source Gas. They're absolutely the best and appreciate them and him for coming in and being a part of the multicast that keeps your eyes on Texas football. As the Eyes on Texas multicast, as we tell you, you can find it each week. Uh, we record on a Monday night. We can You can download it as of tomorrow at some point or into Wednesday at the uh, YouTube page at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and The Horn in Austin. And that's available for download through iTunes and Spotify. Lock it in every single week. It's Eyes on Texas Multicast, powered by Grande Equipment.